0: Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com, or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk, Sandy. Travis Damon, thank you for coming back on ATV Talk. How are you, brother?
3: I'm good. is you?
0: Oh, dude, can't be better, man. I'm just freaking cruising through life, man. There you go. I'm just excited to to hear how the year went.
3: Yeah this year was uh it was a little different with with the uh two different disciplines and kind of learning the quads as I, as I went and um it was definitely a learning experience every time I went to the track it was like this would go wrong it's like okay so I need to make sure that this part's right for the next race and the quad prep is definitely way different than the bike prep i get the bike prepped in one day where the quad takes multiple days to go through everything there's so many more bolts and just things that i need to learn about
0: <laughs> that's awesome well welcome to atv talk and thank you very much for giving us your time i know you're a busy guy let's get right into it and uh, let's hear a little bit more about the differences between the two preps
3: uh i mean the bike's pretty simple it's just tires mooses make sure the mooses are all lubed up check all the spokes and everything oil and stuff like that but when it comes to the quad you're you got to check the frame because those things have tendencies of kind of getting some cracks or whatever and uh you got to check everything on those i need mean, lugs there's more brake rotors more everything there's double everything on it so it it was um a learning experience we had a stator go out in an off-road race and i mean dirt bikes i never replace a stator. that thing will stay in it forever and the quads is they get hot you got to change them out so it's just learning as i go and it's um it's fun though i'm enjoying it
0: how did you end up in the atv class
3: i uh i think i finished the season six so it's not too bad i think i missed uh three or four races for the season and um had a couple of double rounds so that put me back a little bit on some energy getting off the the bike racing for two hours and then hopping on the quad doing another hour and 15 minutes. It was, um, those races were a mission.
0: Yeah. You started out yeah. strong and, and, and tapered off.
3: Yeah. I got a little tired at the end for sure. Havasu, Havasu kicked my butt. That track was <laughs> gnarly.
0: <laughs> did you, did you sleep the whole next day?
3: No, I had to get up in the morning and go frame the next day. So it was just slam the po- protein drink in the morning and keep going.
0: <laughs> well that's good you're young so yeah let's talk a little motorcycles um i know that you're not a rookie to the series you've been there uh three years i believe maybe four and mm-hmm. you did something in the middle of the season which is normally not done you transitioned from a honda to a yamaha
3: i've been struggling with some bike set up and stuff like that and honda's been helping me out for a while and i mean i gotta thank them for sure They they've been a huge help and I'm staying with the Honda quads, but, uh, I've been on Honda since, well, since I got on the four strokes pretty much. So 2012, I want to say it's been a long time on the Honda and, um, I've just, I've been struggling getting that thing to handle the way I want it to. Um, I'm a real like front wheel steer. so I, don't, I like the back end to be dead behind me. And I, I need to know where that back tire is going to be. And the Honda, I feel like the way it was built, it kept going towards that rear end steering, kind of the rear end was a little twitchy and I wasn't feeling comfortable on the high speed straightaways and racing off road. I mean, it's all about feeling comfortable. So you can keep going faster and faster. And I, uh, I tried out a Yamaha. Um, my dad's buddy actually had one and he broke his back. So it was just sitting in his garage. And so I took that out to the, rounded shorties the works around and I ended up getting my best finish on that with only riding it on that day in practice so I finished out the year on that and I decided to make the change it was definitely hard because I have boxes and boxes of Honda parts but I've just been slowly selling those off and replacing them with Yamaha parts and learning the bike more and more and I'm really enjoying it
0: How do you like the difference in the two powers?
3: It's definitely way different. Um, the Yamahas have a lot of power, but it comes on different than the Honda. I feel like the Honda was a little more twitchy where the Yamaha comes, comes in on the bottom and it pulls a little harder through the mid. Um, but I actually put the, I like the steel Henson basket kind of tones it down and gives me a lot more traction so that that rear end stays even more planted. And, uh, and it's kind of more, it makes it a lot more usable
0: usable drivable power
3: yeah i decided to make that switch for 2021 and i'm gonna stay on honda on the quads but um yeah i'm going blue on the bikes for next year
0: wow that's crazy um any power different in the delivery of the power or anything like that 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 was uh helped decide that
3: yeah the uh the bottom end is really strong on the yamaha it almost tries to wheelie out of all the corners and stuff, but it's very smooth. So I'm just kind of, I've messed with the mapping a little bit and uh, just getting used to the different power delivery and everything like that. But everything's seeming to fall together pretty smooth and I feel good on the bike.
0: Do you think that the ATV is hurting your motorcycle performance? The ATV? Yeah. You think riding the ATV is affecting the, the motorcycle performance?
3: I don't think so. I don't really don't ride the quad between races. I usually just show up and ride the quad, but uh, I do notice after I race the quad and then I get back on the bike, it does take a couple of rides to get used to kind of the balance of the bike again, but I can go straight from the bike to the quad with no issue. So I do notice that. So I just try to make sure I ride the bike a couple of times before I go race it again, but it's not too big of a deal.
0: Do you notice any body English things going on where, uh, when you transfer from the motorcycle to the ATV that you're not moving off the seat enough or, or positioning your body correctly?
3: Yeah, I think, uh, like when I'm on the quad, I try to stay as tight as possible to the quad kind of like I ride the dirt bike. It's kind of like I've watched Bo ride and he keeps his legs real square to the bike, similar to like when he rides the bike. So I kind of try to keep that style in it still where I'm comfortable but the quad I can get a little more loose on and kind of throw my body around to keep that quad riding on all four instead of tipping up on two wheels I'm slowly learning how to kind of not guess but uh feel the quad out how far you can bring it up on two wheels without it really getting out of control
0: Well it's always best if you keep all tire all the tires on the dirt Yeah
3: yeah it's, it's like uh like in the ruts, I feel like when I first got on it on the quad, I would want to let off in the ruts because you would feel it push against that outside. And you're like, oh, it's gonna roll, but it seems like the more you keep on the gas, the flatter the quad will stay. So I'm 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 starting to get used to it a little more.
0: Well, yeah, you get your you get the lean to the inside a little bit. You stay in the throttle, keep your momentum, and it'll rail the turn even in the rut.
3: Yeah, and you can't get on it too hard. You know, second the the, uh, tires pop out of those ruts, all the momentum's lost.
0: Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta learn how to keep it in there with your clutch and your brake and the throttle control. It, it'll come. Yeah. I mean, you're already a talented rider. So I think a little bit more time on there and you'll be able to, uh, to get her mastered.
3: Yeah, I'm excited. It's, uh, I've been talking with Bo a lot and we're going to plan a weekend, maybe me, Bo and Logan go up to Bo's place and ride some of his rut tracks. And he's got a couple of moto tracks and stuff up there for the quads and kind of do a little of training session with the boys on four wheels.
0: That'd be great for you. I really think it would be get, uh, let him get in your head a little bit and, and give you some of his differences in the transitions. I know he's not a, a talker like that, but yeah. you, he'll let you get behind him and follow him and, and show you some of the things that'll help you.
3: Mm-hmm. And if I could see it happen, I can learn it. So I think it'll be real fun.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. I think you need to get on his three wheeler and do some figure eights as well. Yeah. Yeah. Not Those little ones, you want to learn that body English, getting <laughs> off the seat and, you know, get that knee stuck out there so that you're driving it around the corners with your feet. You know, that'll, that'll, that'll teach you one portion of it because riding a quad's kind of like riding a motorcycle, driving a car and riding a three wheeler all wrapped up in one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I see in the videos of Bo ripping that three wheeler. It looked wild.
0: Yeah. We took Josh Rowe out to, uh, um, the sand dunes and let him ride a three wheeler for the magazines. And it was the first time he'd ever got on one and we struggled to get him off of it.
3: Do you guys have just a bunch of bikes that you have built
0: still? No, no. What we do is, is we build, uh, we're getting off topic here, but we build, uh, machines for customers. Um, or every Mm -hmm. once in a while we'll have builds that we do for the magazines, themselves, they'll ask for a specific model and say, uh, your concept, here you go and and have fun and, and then bring it to us so that we can shoot it.
3: Okay. I see a lot of custom bikes on your guys' page.
0: Um, that's mostly what we do. And, uh, most of them aren't even published on there anymore. If you go back and look Mm -hmm. at the archives, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. You figure I've been doing this longer than you've been alive. (laughs) (laughs) You think it's funny, but it's true.
1: (laughs) It's crazy.
0: if we go back to uh, looking at the schedule for next year, it looks like there's only two combined events.
3: Yeah, I think it's um, that round. Uh, it's a new location. I think it's in Wickenburg, Arizona. Right. And that's, uh, what was that, Memorial Weekend and then the Vegas round.
0: And the Vegas round's a shorter a shorter moto anyway, so it wouldn't be yeah. taxing on you.
3: Yeah, that one won't be too bad. I think it's not going to be Havasu, so I'll be able to handle it. Prim wasn't too bad. I, I pretty much stayed on the bike or uh, stayed into the flow of the race for the whole race at Prim. I, just, I lost my rear brakes at that race, so I, I couldn't really charge as much as I wanted to into the corners.
0: Well, we're going to take the brakes off and teach you how to ride it with no brakes. There we go. Well, you know, I use the berms to slow down. It's okay. You have competitors Mm. out there. You could, you could rough them up a little by slowing down on them.
3: Yeah. The quads come with bumpers.
0: There you go. (laughs) Rubbins racing, right? Yeah. If you're not swapping a little paint, it's, it's obviously not a lot of good time, right?
1: Exactly. Got to take something
0: home. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) A little red paint or blue paint off of one of the other bikes. Yeah. you ended up six for the year uh in the year who'd you spend most of your time racing with?
3: I'd say I spent a lot of my time battling with Logan, and I would I could follow both for the first couple of laps, and then he would kind of gap me a little bit, but I did a, I had some good battles with Logan. I had some good battles with Spooner and uh
1: I'm trying to think.
3: I held up Bo a little bit at um at Shorty's as long as I could and then and then he got around me.
0: <laughs> that was in Blythe, right? Yep. Was he well I think he's happy about competition. He likes it when he's gotta work for it.
3: Yeah, it seems, the whole class seems pumped about more quad riders coming in. So it's it's uh real inviting. And then they we get off the track and we give each other all a hard time. Like, dude, you were getting crazy on the, in the whoops, Like, legs were all loose quad was sideways and it's a good time.
0: That's, you know, when you can, when you can have a good time with the guys you race with, even when you race hard with them, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. It makes it a lot more fun.
0: So what are you looking for uh, in next year with the bike program? Uh, do you got some new sponsors coming on?
3: Oh uh, no, I kind of stayed consistent with the sponsors. I don't like to get, I don't like to switch sponsors a lot. I like to stay. If I got, if I got something that works for me, I like to stay with them. So like I'm, I'm staying with FXR funnel web filter, like all my sponsors from last year I have this year. And then, uh, I did add a couple more, um, liquid IV. That's helping me out a little bit. And, um, my buddy, Michael Del Fonte, he's doing some nutrition for me.
0: Nice. How's that working out yeah. for you so far?
3: It's working good. I, I seem like I have a lot more energy towards the end of the race and just in day-to-day life as well. Like I get off work and I'm not as run down as I was going into the bike prepping in the garage until dinner time. So it's, it's definitely improved life and racing.
1: So uh, are you doing any cycling?
3: A little bit when I have the chance to, yes.
0: That would help your lung capacity and some of your endurance. I think that you got to implement more of that into your, into your program. Yeah. I I like it and I like what it does for my breathing, you know, and yes, I'm an old man, so I need all the help I can get. You don't have to go there. (laughs) Um, Yeah. We've got
3: a bunch of mountain bike trails out in uh, Sarah park and Havasu. So I try to go out there and hit those on the mountain bike.
0: Is it cross country or hills?
1: A lot of hills.
0: Hills are good for you, bud. You're, you're young. You can handle it. Yeah. You need to go out there. in no, the summertime time
1: out there. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so have you, uh, have you, uh, looked into your new quad program to see what you're going to change yet?
3: Um, I got a couple ideas in the, in the works. Um, I'm still kind of figuring out the details and everything, but it looks like we might, uh, get some support from Duncan racing, uh, working on that stuff. And then, um, other than that, I tried to get STI to make some more quad tires and they might, they might, but they're not sure yet. And, um, um,
0: who are you dealing with uh, over there at STI?
1: Uh, Craig.
0: Um, ask him about the track and trail
3: track and trail tire.
0: Yeah. If they still make that, I think that, that you ought to test that because okay. I had a little bit of exposure to it, uh, before some things happened and we had to switch using STIs, um, mm-hmm. not by our choice, of course. Um, but that track and trail tire worked pretty good. Um, um, Softer compound, maybe we'd go through them a little fast, but, or you'd go through them a little fast, but you can, um, you could try them out. They, they seem a little taller than the normal STI. Um, but it might not be a bad thing because if, if the tracks get rutted, you want a little bit more ground clearance.
3: Yeah. Keep the frame off the ground.
0: Yeah. It keeps the the rotor and the sprocket out of the dirt. Um you're not dragging the frame as much as you're gonna drag that that centered cluster on the swing arm. Yeah. Have you got have you got to talk to Doug Roll much about your shocks?
3: Uh I talked to him um I think the last round, but uh, or prior to the last round, but I haven't talked to him lately.
0: No. You gotta get those shocks into into him because they're gonna need to be serviced. Um -hmm. I'm I'm sticking my nose in your program, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're good. But the, those are just little things, little tidbits here and there, you know, yeah. um, there, there, there's a, there's a lot to prep in your deal. Um, you just keep your nose down, listen to Bo, listen to some of the other guys. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people out there that there's a lot of people that have a lot of ways to, to do things. Um, you, you just have to keep yourself open to making the choices that best sit you and best take care of you. Mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of uh, what kind of grips do you run?
3: I've been running the uh, like the original Renthal, like uh, what are they? Super soft or whatever the light gray ones. Mm -hmm. Those are what I've been running lately.
0: Oh, really? Those are those guys peel away, don't they?
3: Yeah, they kind of rub into the glove. (laughs) (laughs) They don't last too long.
0: No, I wait. You get one, two races out of them, and that's it, or maybe one.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's I think like one two hour race, and then you can see the wire on the uh, through the grip.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What was the hardest quad track minus Havasu? Because everybody knows Havasu is the is probably the roughest quad race that you could ride.
1: Yeah, um, let's see. I think Prim was kind of hard to find
3: some flow this year. It was like real fast and then uh, and then it was like the corners were real sharp and then it'd be a straightaway again and didn't really, didn't flow. Like, like I really enjoyed
1: Taft on the quad. That was a fun race.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, in the old days when they, I don't know if, if they took you down into the, um, washes on the backside closer to the road. Mm-hmm. If you go back in there, you get in those washes. Some a couple of years that we that I raced there, they'd put you in those washes, and you could get the sand dune rhythms, you know, because you yeah. were on the banks and you were motoring through there, and you'd get a pretty good rhythm. I, I never had a, a bad luck at Taft, but I never had really good luck there.
3: Yeah, that's how it is for Havasu for me. I always usually
1: something happens in Havasu.
0: Did you have uh, did you have a rough go on the bike?
3: Yeah, on the bike I had um, I think I had my stabilizer or like how the you can adjust the return to center. I had that too stiff, so I'd come out of the corner and it would I would like had to muscle the back straight, and then I went over the bars a couple of times because I didn't get it straight. So I stopped in the pit and we adjusted it real quick, and then the rest of the race was a little better. But yeah, I was on the ground a couple of times on two wheels.
1: Well that's never a good idea.
0: Yeah. <laughs> have a yeah, seat. Was, yeah. When you race when you race the bike, um you where did you come out that in that class?
3: I got sixth in the series for that
0: one as well. And what was your highest finish?
1: Sixth place.
0: So the highest finish was sixth, and your overall for the year was sixth? Yeah. Nice, nice. Who's who were you spending most of your time racing in that?
3: Um, I think I had I had some good battles with uh, Ryan's Tirat and um, Redondi on the factory Husky.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. And where did they end up in the series?
3: I'm not sure. I'd have to go
0: look. Wow. You're supposed to be ready for this, man. <laughs> you knew I was going to grill you. Yeah.
1: I don't pay attention. Those they
0: are me. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's a good call. When you're out riding a motorcycle, what's the highlight for you?
3: Uh, Like the perfect Saturday would probably be, (laughs) probably do a couple of sand motos in the morning and then, uh, then head out to do some like hard enduro stuff or single track and just kind of challenge yourself. Like, I don't know if I can make it up that hill, but I'm going to try. Let's go.
0: So you just love to ride. Oh yeah is your Saturday uh, when you, when you say motos, is there a 20 minute, 30 minute, 40 minute?
3: Uh, it depends if like I got a a guy in Havasu that trains me, Kelly Yancey and her husband. So if they're out there, then we'll do some, a couple of 45 minute motos. Okay. But I I really enjoy like an hour long moto. you like a little warm up, 20 minute moto, come back, get a drink, and then go out and do an hour moto.
0: Nice, and and it's pretty much sand loops that you ride when you're when you're training like that to to keep yourself in shape.
3: Yeah, yeah, I got a couple of longer loops to do the longer motos on, so it's not like a billion laps. And then I have some tracks that are like super gnarly, but you just do like sprint laps on it, like two or three sprints, and then uh, or two or three laps for the sprint.
1: And how long are those generally? They're about. I'd say two or three minutes a lap.
0: Oh, so they're re- they must be really be rough.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah you can
3: so- do a, you could do two laps on there and be pretty winded.
0: Really? We got to, you got to get that up to four or five, bud.
3: Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> so when you, I brought, uh, go ahead. What was that? I was going to say, oh, I
3: brought, uh Tori, I forget her last name, but I uh, you've had a, Yeah. I brought her out to the tracks and we've been riding them every once in a while.
0: When you want to just go and relax on your bike and just ride, Mm -hmm. what do you do?
3: Uh, I usually call up my dad. We'll go for a pretty chill, like single track ride, take a lot of pictures, uh, and just stop a lot and just enjoy some views.
0: Does the special lady in your life ride with you.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes she, she doesn't like going on the single track with me. Uh, I kind of get a little impatient for sure. I'm like, you can make it up the hill, just go for it. And then she's a little timid sometimes with, uh, the real Rocky stuff. So I'll just kind of leave her behind every once in a while. And just sometimes I just go for a ride by myself and I'll be like, I'll be back in a couple hours and just go out there and cruise, nothing crazy, no like crazy speeds or anything. I'll just, If I want to go over to that hill, I'll find my way over to that hill.
1: Exploring riding.
0: That's, that's some Mm -hmm. fun stuff.
1: Yeah. Find Mm -hmm. some old cars down in a wash or something. And it's pretty cool.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Do you ever take the ATV out in that deal and to do some exploring and, you know, just getting familiar with it, riding it like that?
3: You know, I've taken it out, I think twice doing that. And it was actually pretty fun. And I, uh, I went out and I was like, I'm going to go scope out some stuff for a new cause I I don't really have any tracks that the quad goes on and right out from my house. So I went out and made a couple of them, just little loops and stuff. And it was a good time. Just kind of going through washes and figuring out like, okay, well that corner was cool. So let's connect it with this hill over here. And, like that part was pretty fun.
0: That's awesome. You know, I, I think that if you can, get yourself into your training riding and then break it into enjoyment riding so that you're still riding, but you're keeping it fun, you know, because, because at yeah. the end of the day, we're all doing this for a good time.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. If you're not smiling it's not worth being out there.
0: No, I mean, I don't care if you get 50th place out of 49, if you're not come back with a smile on your face, you did something wrong. Mm hmm. You know
1: exactly,
0: because you could be home. Well, in your case, in Havasu, you could be home painting rocks. The rest of the rest of us would be pulling weeds.
1: Yep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, anything anything new and spectacular coming in the future um, that you're aware of?
1: Mm.
3: I know the pro payout for the quads are going up again for this year.
0: That's awesome. Yeah.
3: So that, that shows that it's growing a little bit on the West coast.
0: This will come out after the first round. So that's a bad okay. thing, but a good thing, you know, I can only, I can
1: yeah.
0: only, I can only button in, you know, lay everybody in so fast, uh, because mm-hmm. some of it's already, some of it's already put in and edited in, in its founded spot. But, um, the big news for us is we're going to start dropping a normal episode on Friday starting January one. Mm-hmm. And then we have this thing called inspired and we'll drop uh, one to three episodes every month of an inspired episode on a Monday. Okay. That'd so, be cool. Yeah. It's, it, it's growing. Uh, the listener base is, is growing the amount of downloads we have is growing and, um, we are, we're a little ahead of the curve on sponsors, but we're, we're getting there. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, when you're a C rider, it takes a while and you know, we're just, I don't even think we've, uh, we've got into the D class yet, you know, or the beginner class where, uh, we're still, yeah. still new, but we're trying and, and, you know, we'll, we'll see how it grows and, and see what happens, you know, having enough mm-hmm. content and getting enough guys like you on there that are, that are going to tell us how to ride a motorcycle and then show us how to ride a quad. Um, yeah, we, we, we need things like that. And we need, uh, we need good, uh, good, good people to get on this series. Uh, we have some really good people coming up. Your first episode killed it, knocking it out of the park. Um, still, uh, still really big. Um, so uh, it's not usual for a episode that, to stay as consistent as, as yours is. Um, mm-hmm. I think we have a lot of crossover people listening, ATV and motorcycle people. Yeah. Which is new for us. Um, I have some off-road truck guys coming. Okay. Joe and the inspired portion, they'll be a, a month or two out, but th- they're coming and, uh, it, it, it's going to be fun. You know, uh, I'm mm-hmm. hoping that 2021 brings me back home. Uh, yeah, to the races and, and it lets me do some of this stuff that I, uh, am meant to do. Um, Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see how it goes for me. Um, I know that, uh, you have some things going with you and, and, and you're trying to, like I said, this will come out. So what you said about your possible new sponsors will, uh, won't break before the episode. Uh, people will already know that the cat will be out of the bag. Uh, yeah. your, your new information. Um, and when we'll see how that all works out for us and, and go from there and, and, and make sure it's all happening. Um, mm-hmm. Give me a, give me a, a scenario. Um, I don't care motorcycle or ATV. Um, one of the high points for you in the year in one of the low points and elaborate for me, you know, cause there's going to be a story behind it. So give me the ins and outs and the, and the whole thing. Okay.
1: Okay. Um, I'll start off with the low point.
3: <laughs> I feel like <laughs> get that one over with. Uh, I feel like a low point was, uh, Glenn Helen. I really struggled at Glenn Helen, um, on actually both disciplines. So On the quad, I felt great in practice. I was ripping. Uh, Bike felt good. And uh, we lined up on Sunday for the race, and I made it to the third corner, and the uh, steering stem broke coming into the rut. And I, I had the bars turned. I was through the ass down to the foot peg, getting ready to get into the corner, and it just kept going straight. And I ended up going over the bars, and I was like, I didn't understand what happened. I thought, I was like, maybe I popped out of the rut. So I'm trying to kick the bike, and getting started. And while I'm kicking it, I see my bars move, but my tires never move. And I was like, what happened, dude? Because I've never had anything break like that. You know what I mean? Right. So I just, right, I mean, get, get to watch the whole class take off. And I just had to get towed back into the pits. And it felt like I just put my gear on and took it right back off. It, that sucked. uh uh-huh. <sighs> And then, uh, so I went home that week, worked and then got the bike ready. And I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna make this weekend better. And, and it was like, I just struggled on the bike. I couldn't put in a solid lap without making a mistake. And I didn't quite feel, uh, comfortable at all going fast on the two wheels that weekend. And that's when I decided that I wanted to try the Yamaha Cause I, I was doing suspension adjustments. I Tried different forks and stuff like that, so I um I switched the I switched to the Yamaha for the next round in Blythe, and that's probably one of my high points. It was just it it had that fresh feeling of trying something new and it working out good. I rode good both weekends. I pulled a uh, me and Taylor Roberts were like neck and neck for the whole shot, and I just rode solid. I felt like that was cool for the first ride. Never touched a click on the suspension. Like it was just a good weekend. And then, um, I'd say a high point on the quad would be probably the first race at Taft. I had, I came to the gate with a bunch of struggles. The electric start stopped working. I didn't have a kickstart at that point. I didn't know that kickstart's the way to go on quads and stuff like that. So. I uh, had my boss, Randy, bump start me in the pits after they did the um, national anthem. So he bump started me. I rode into the gate, already had the 32nd board up. So I just kept it in gear and waited for the gate to drop. And I ended up uh, second on the whole shot, following Bo for the first lap. And it was just like that whole lap. I was just grinning ear to ear just couldn't believe i was out there racing with the big boys on the quad for the first time that i've ever raced a quad so it, that was a that was a cool race and i ended up on the podium too had a good battle with um logan and uh ended up third that race
0: nice mm-hmm. so your first time out of the gate you
1: podiumed um, yeah how did you do the second round second round what track was that is that Glenn Helen?
3: No. Oh, that was Havasu. Mm-hmm. I, um, that was the first round of Havasu in March. I got off to a bad start. Me and uh, Spooner tangled up on the first corner and ended up um, bending my brake line or the bolt that goes into the brake caliber. So I lost my front brakes on that race and uh, made my way up to third. And the last lap, I... Made a mistake in the corner before the lagoon jump and landed in the water a little bit and got a little bit of uh water in the carburetor. So I spent some time down there kicking till the uh water went through it, got it back started up, and I think I finished eighth on that race. But that was like the last lap of when I'd sucked the water, so I was bummed.
0: Yeah, you'd have been on the podium again, huh? Yep. Well, that was that, that, that took you out of a, a place that probably lost you a place in your, in your overall for the year.
3: Oh, for sure. That one. And then, uh, in Glen Helen combined, definitely dropped me back down. Wow.
0: Wow. And that, uh, that you missed the very first round of the year, which was in prim also.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Cause at first me and, uh, my buddy Dane were kind of, we weren't committing to the quads. So we were both going to take turns racing them and he raced prim on the quad and ended up blowing the bike up and I put the, put the rod through the front of the cases, just a big mess. And then, um, I ended up getting, he bought another quad and I took the motor out of that one and put it in the race quad frame.
1: And that's what I raced half on.
0: And is he still Is he still racing?
3: Yeah. Yeah, he races every once in a while. He's had some issues. We're chasing down an electrical problem with his right now. It's uh it'll start and then if you ride it around, then it won't start again for you'll have to kick it like 35 times. So oh. i replaced the stator, replaced the wire harness. We just gotta chase down whatever's doing it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what a nightmare, huh? Oh yeah. do you enjoy do you enjoy working on them as much as you do riding them
3: uh riding them is a lot more fun (laughs) but (laughs) as as i learn how to work on it it's getting better but at at first i was like i don't even know where to start i haven't worked on a four stroke i've never worked on a four stroke carburetor Mm -hmm. i went straight from super minis to a 250f or one twenty five to a two fifty F, and then it was fuel injected from then on. So I haven't worked on a carburetor in a long time.
0: That fuel injection stuff's pretty awesome, in it. Oh yeah, <laughs> you get a sensor, you get something going on, telling you that there's a problem.
3: Yeah, uh, plug you know, it in. You could change it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Change the sensor. Yeah, I'm good. Yo, go. let's go. Yeah. Uh, change the fuel pump, whatever, and 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 ride on.
3: Yeah. You don't have me blowing up your phone. What should I do here?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't mind at all. Which I I think you figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> um. What happened in the rest of the rounds? Okay, not counting Glenn Helen. Um. You 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 talked about uh Blythe, and then you went back to Prim and you had a brake line issue or a break issue. Yeah. Uh, what happened in the last Havasu?
3: In the last half of two, uh so after racing the bikes, I uh, got off the track, tried to eat a little bit of food, get a protein shake, in, maybe some carbo fuel, and um, lined up on the quads. And going to the gate, I knew I was exhausted, but I wanted to get off to a good start. And uh, I think I was third out of the first corner. It was um, Bo and then Logan and then myself. And I just pushed for those first couple laps trying to get myself in a good position. So I didn't eat too much roost. And then, um, I dropped back down to fourth and I just rode consistent to the end. And Logan, unfortunately had a, a motor failure. So that put him out of the race. And then I ended up on the podium.
0: Third that helped for the year, right? Yeah. Nice.
3: Yeah. I was just, I was wore out for that race. I was like, came around. I'm like, all right, it's, it has to be halfway over. And there, I think there are still 60 minutes on the clock. I was like, Oh man, this is going to be a rough ride. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Havasu always is a rough ride, isn't it?
3: Oh yeah. And then you got to do it two times in a row. It makes it even worse. Well,
0: is it, is it as bad on a motorcycle? Cause I've raced it with both, but never back to back. Um, I always, found the bike was way easier to ride at Avison.
3: Oh, way easier. It was the track seemed like getting off getting off of the bike. The track was like, it wasn't too beat up. It was pretty whooped out, but there were still some good lines on the bike that you could find and in a couple of places you could take a break. And then once I got out there on the quad, I realized there's, there's none of those lines you could fit the whole quad in. You can't just sit down and take a break. You're just taking the whoop the whole time.
0: Um, yeah, there, I think a little bit more seasoning on you and you'll find the lines that that allow you um, a little less, you know, a little uh, able to take a little less of a break. One of the questions I was wanting to ask is, is your hands and your arms. How mm-hmm. did the transition that day? Uh, how did you do that? Uh,
3: I could definitely tell I put pressure on my hands and different spots going from the quad to the bike. So I feel like the, the blisters that were starting to form from the bike weren't as bad when I was riding the quad because of the different hand positioning. Um, the bike, I'm a little more neutral. So I was like pushing real hard on my palms. And then on the quad, I kind of hang off the back a little bit more. And then you're always hanging off the side. So you're moving your hands a lot more. So I feel like my arms were a lot more tired on the quad a lot of a lot of upper body strength i feel like but the um the blisters part i only got one little blister on my thumb and that's about it it wasn't too bad
0: no arm pump no uh fatigue in the forearms anything like that or the hands
3: no i had a little fatigue in my shoulders but that's about it
0: wow that's that's pretty amazing for the amount of effort that you put out with. I mean, you don't do much uh, weights or anything like that, do you?
3: No, just whatever I do at work. And most of the time I'm holding stuff above my head at work anyway.
0: Pounding nails, right? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've done a little of that. Not a lot, but a little. And then it's strenuous. Mm -hmm. Do you like being a carpenter?
3: Yeah, it's a good time. i if I get mad, I can smash something with my hammer and take out my anger or yell if I want to, play whatever music we want. It's not too bad, but when it's 120, that, that time of the year sucks.
0: Well, you know, it's better for your conditioning, though. Yeah. If you think about it, I mean, you can you can train and, and work at the same time.
1: hmm Yeah, I get my balance training in as well.
0: You set trusses as well? Yeah. Wow. So you frame it and set the truss. You do pretty much everything.
3: Yeah. We frame, frame all the walls, set the trusses, sheet the roof and then finish up everything inside and then move on to the next one. But it's wood only. We don't do any
1: finished work.
0: So do you work with a, a crew, the same guys every day?
3: Yeah. Well, when they're there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know what that means.
3: Well, uh, uh, half my crew works for the works races. So when the, the week before the works race is going on, they're gone setting up the track and
0: everything. Oh, this, so they leave you there when you need yeah. time to get ready. You're, you're doing more work. Exactly. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Well, they probably like the break, don't they?
3: Yeah, they like it. I'm like, come on guys, when you come
0: coming back, I need some help.
3: But there's a couple other crews that I call in. They'll, they'll help me with crane day or whatever I need.
0: When you, uh, you've helped work some of the works races too, haven't you? Yeah. What, uh, what's that entail?
3: It's uh it's a lot more work than I thought it would be setting up the track and everything. And you have to think about everything to do that stuff. So I definitely have a lot of respect for them, for anybody setting up tracks. Cause it's, I mean, you got to set up banners for sponsors. You got to make sure that it's a good picture. You got to, think about every skill level you can't i mean i would love to go make a track for pros only get super gnarly with everything and make the pros walk their bikes up some stuff but you have to think about all skill levels make it fun for everybody and it's a lot of work putting in stakes all day and t posts and hanging banner and
1: all that stuff do you like the pro sections i like
3: when they throw the pro sections in
0: Yeah. What's the favorite kind of obstacles that you like? I I know they did that Havasu thing where they went over the concrete barriers. What did you think of that? Or not Havasu, but Prim.
3: Oh, Prim. Uh, I wish I could have did it. I had, um, I crashed the week before practicing and I had a bunch of, uh, what do you call that? Like liquid in the knee. So when I went to go over the K rails, it was like the impact just made it. I thought my knee was like dislocating. It was the same knee I tore my ACL on. So I was worried about it. So I ended up going around it, but I think it was, it definitely separated the men from the boys and, uh, rumor has it, they're going to add them again. So I'll be ready for them this time.
0: You think that they are going to do something like that for the quads?
3: I think they should, maybe not those K rails in particular, but, uh, I think whatever the bikes do, the quad should be able to at least attempt it.
0: Yeah. But you're talking about damage that I don't think that they're, uh, you know, they, they can get over a K rail like that, Yeah, but it's going to do more damage to an ATV than it'll ever do to that bike. Oh yeah.
3: Maybe if they laid them down or something where it wasn't such a big wall, but we still had to pop over a couple of things and, Maybe you can get the front wheels to pop up and wheelie off of them or something and, or put a couple in a row or I don't know. They, they could figure out something for the quads to go over. They did the, uh, they did that rock section in the wash, which was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Rocks tear things up too, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bo was warning me like
3: try not to hit your rotor or your chain. And that's what I thought I messed my brakes up with was I thought I folded the rotor and then it would just keep, uh, pushing the pistons out, but it ended up just being two bolts that came loose and the master cylinder fell back.
0: Well, that's, that's a bummer that that happened, but yeah, you, yeah. you can easily damage a rotor. Uh, it's just like the rock guard you have to run on the front to keep the rocks out. Cause you catch mm-hmm. a rock in that front caliper. Not only does it want to skid to a stop and throw you over the bars, but it damages that rotor and caliper for the rest of the race and you don't have any brakes. Yeah. Or if you do, you have to pump them.
3: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Pump them like eight times before the corner.
0: Yeah. So you know, you start you start the motion way early. You know, stand the gas, stand the gas. Okay, okay, okay. Here they come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they came back good. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, all of those kind of things are are preventable. I, I just I don't like the the mud holes. And things like that, because it just does so much damage, you know, yeah, it's like racing in the rain, it just ruins the bike, it just ruins them mm-hmm.
3: I mean it's yeah it, it makes it so much harder on everything
0: well, yeah, when you guys do a mud race, do you have to bring it home and strip it down to the frame and regrease it and clean it all, new some new bearings and seals, and put it back together on the two wheelers, oh yeah,
3: yeah. Definitely. And I, luckily we didn't have any mud races for the quads this year, but I hear the quads are a mess when it's a mud race.
0: <laughs> oh dude, you're talking hours and hours and hours of power washing. And then you have to disassemble the a arms you know, basically the motor is going to come out of the frame anyways, because you're guaranteed to suck dirt. Um, Mm -hmm. You have to service the top end and most likely you put a clutch in it because you're, you're going to use more clutch because of the the slick conditions and the mud and the, just the goo and you
1: know, extra weight everywhere.
0: Oh yeah. It's just, it's, you know, taking the carrier out and, you know, probably replacing the bearings, taking the swing arm apart and cleaning it, putting it back together.
3: I'm sure the motor gets so hot in that race too.
0: I'm crying like a little girl, but I, you know, those are the things that you love to love do because it usually happens when you have a short week or a short week and a half in between. And, and then you have something yep. going on the weekend before. So you're like, Oh God, how am I going to get it all done? And you do mm-hmm. you know, you take it apart. You work nights, you work mornings and you make yep. it. Happen.
1: Yeah. You don't find the time.
3: It comes, it always comes from somewhere.
0: Uh, you just robbing from Peter to pay Paul and, 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 and make it happen. And, uh, that's what racing that's, that's, I think that's some of the biggest portion of the fun of racing is just, of uh, overcoming the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The challenge to even get to the line.
0: Yeah. I mean, no offense to the, uh, cause I've been the guy, I've been the racer, not the pro guy like you, but when you, Racing's the easy part, in my opinion. hmm You know, it, it it's so much more difficult to I gotta think about the rider and what he or she's gonna do to the machine at that specific facility, and what can I prevent? Yes. You know, and, and, uh, that's the hardest job is preventing it. You know, I, I mean, some of the setups that we have nowadays have just taken years and years to develop, um, mm-hmm. and you just hope that you don't have any problems.
3: Yeah. And then if you do have a problem, you got to make sure you remember it for the next time you go out there.
0: Did, how did the pits, the, the pit stops on the, on the quad work for you? Were you pitting? I didn't
3: No, I I don't think I pitted once for gas on the quad.
0: That's pretty good.
3: I'm yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm usually pretty fuel efficient. I like to ride down in a uh, in like the torque range. I don't like to rev the bikes that much.
0: Well, that's good. That uh, there's some tricks you can do to get more fuel in them to um, mm-hmm. make the make it so you don't have to pit. And if you can save that pit. You know, I mean, I think that the Yamaha yeah. sucks so much fuel, they have to pit.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I almost got uh, my first race in Taft. I almost got um, second because Logan pitted real quick. And then me and him, he came out of the pits side by side and uh, he ended up jumping over me on the step up on the moto track. Yeah. And I did everything I could to pass him back out on the off road. And then he got me. Right before the finish, like maybe five turns before coming back into the moto, he passed me again. So that last lap was, it was a heated battle just because he had to pit and I didn't.
0: Nice. Well, that that just proves to you right there that how much gas did you have left in the tank afterwards?
3: I think after Taft, I had a little less than half.
1: That's incredible.
3: And then like the faster race, like Mesquite, I had maybe a quarter tank left, I think.
0: You are fuel efficient.
3: Yeah, that's how I am on the bikes too. I, usually, I usually end like an hour with a half tank instead of almost empty.
0: That's uh, that uh, So on your two-wheeler, if it's a two-hour race, would you, would you calculate a pit at like an hour 20 just because?
3: Uh, I usually pit because I hate pitting. I get all messed up. I, it takes me like another lap to get back in the groove. I'd rather just, if I could just keep going, I'll just keep going. But I try to pit right there in the middle. And then that way, if I need goggles or if I'm running low on tear offs, I could switch them real quick. And I don't ever have those laps where I'm like wiping the goggles trying to see because I'm out of tear offs or something. Right. And then it's always a good time to grab like an energy
1: gel or something and finish that last half strong.
0: The, how long does it take for those gels to get into your system? Are they most immediately?
2: Uh, I'd say
3: I probably don't feel like it for like 10 minutes really? and then I'll, I'll, you'll start feeling a little bit better. You're like, Oh, okay. We'll be good.
1: Is there a, what's in them? Is it a, an electrolyte boost or something?
3: Uh, They're like, I think they're just like straight carbs. Wow, that's kind of crazy. I can't, I can't remember the brand that I was getting for a while. It's not Hammer Nutrition, but it's another one. It's like uh, I always see them at mountain bike stores.
1: Wow, that's crazy. That's totally crazy.
3: Yeah, they're kind of like you, you like scoop the whole thing in your mouth and it's hard to swallow for a little bit, but by the time you get out of the pits, you're like rinsing it out with your camel pack and then you'll be all right. <laughs> but at first, you're like... Like a dog with peanut butter. (laughs)
0: Like, why did I do that?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this
0: sucks. (laughs) Former off-road professional Garen Fuller with his team at EC Homes, a top-notch real estate company, will help you buy or sell a home. Visit our website, eChomesforsale.com, to get a free analysis on your home. Please mention ATV Talk for a 1.5% listing fee visit echomesforsale.com. Make sure you let them know who sent you. You have some suspension work done uh, here in California too, don't you?
3: Yeah, Precision Concepts does my suspension.
0: How do you how do you work with those guys?
3: Oh, I've been working with them for a while. Um, I was doing I actually did a lot of the testing for their Honda stuff. He tried some new stuff with me and I mean, we had so many different setups for the Honda. It was, it was like one bike had this setup, one bike had this setup, and I'd give them feedback and stuff. And and uh Bob over there is really cool and he's always trying to work harder and get everything tuned in for me. And um he's he's pretty good about reading, like cause everybody's had has different ways to like express their feedback. Right. So he's he's really good about taking the way that you would express it. And changing it into the, your next set of suspension. If you want to do any changes to it and stuff like that. And then if I do a special race, like I'm getting ready to do the six hour. Um, so we might do a little bit of different suspension setup for the six hour than we would run in our GPs just cause it's going to be two different riders and stuff. And he'll take the bike and kind of split the differences and get it all tuned in for us.
0: Where's the six hour going to be at Glen Helen? Yeah. And how many times have you done that race?
3: I've never done the six hour race. I've only done the 24.
0: What do you think of the 24 hour races?
3: Dude, That's so much fun. I actually, I really enjoy riding at night. So that was like the first time I've ever raced at night and it was a blast.
0: No distractions, right? Exactly. You get that
3: tunnel vision. You just go and do what you want to do.
0: I like it because I think you're faster to a point. Mm-hmm. Some people are. Some people are scared of the dark. Some people aren't. Yeah. I it because you just all I see is what's in front of me. I'm not distracted by the the shiny object on the side of the track. Mm-hmm. You know, you got your breaking points. You're diving in. You know, I, I liked it because I got to race uh, a couple times in the desert, but rendezvous, the 12 hour endurance race mm-hmm. in uh, France. Yeah. That night section is so fun.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That race, everything I hear about that race, it sounds like it's so cool over there.
0: I, because you like to ride so much, Mm -hmm. it'd be hard for you to have more than one teammate because you want to ride. Yeah. Even when you're tired, you want to ride. And that race is all about riding and just putting down good positive laps over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And Um, yeah, I I love that place. That's a,
3: that's a sand race, isn't it?
0: No, it's a freaking hard pack race. Oh, really? It depends on the year. It depends on how much rain they have. I've seen it be dusty and loose. Mm -hmm. I've seen it be blue groove with giant potholes. Okay. Um, I've also seen it to where it gets like waves in it from the water in, in the dirt. Mm -hmm. You know, you got these beautiful high speed blue groove turns with a big hole in the middle of it, (laughs) you know, uh,
1: yeah,
0: you and your front tire will skim over that hole, you know, or you'll skate it on the inside, just depending on whatever line you pick. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were racing. The last time I raced it was in uh, 2005, um, no, 2004, excuse me. And uh, Eichner was there the last year they rode the Banshee. Okay, and we're going down the straightaway, and the straightaway is like a hundred mile an hour straightaway. You know, you're probably dipping, you know, into the nineties, you know, or a little less. I mean, you're pinned wide open as fast as your machine will go. Mm-hmm. And I'm passing three guys, and we set up in the turn, and there's two guys on the inside, there's a mud hole, there's me, and there's another guy, and Eichner passed all four of us sideways going across the mud hole. Oh, wow. And who do you think was the recipient of all the mud? (laughs) They have tear offs back then. Uh, I had ducked my helmet, but my whole right side of my body was Brown and the left side was bright red.
2: (laughs)
1: Classic.
0: Yeah, I, I was not happy with him, but he, he turned around and was laughing, you know, he <laughs> to laugh, you know, so mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun to race with, especially when he was whipping your butt. Yeah. But that, that I think you'd really enjoy that race. If you ever get an opportunity to go, you mm-hmm. have to, you know, I yeah. mean, uh, it, the seat time that it would give you is, is amazing. You know, you just, it's a passing one Oh one. Mm -hmm. Being passed and passing people the entire race. So on your ATV ride, you would, you would be learning things about riding an ATV in an environment that you've never been in. Yeah. Would be, um, would be so great for your evolution because you'd get to understand when the tracks change. Like when you go to uh, Mesquite Mm -hmm. and a portion of that motocross track gets blue grooved. Yeah you'd have a better understanding of how to ride that. Um, even on an off road bike, you'd still take some of the, the, the traits that you learned. Uh, I know you got to race uh, Vegas to Reno before on a quad mm-hmm. that race for you. And one other guy would be outstanding because it's just hours and hours and hours of seat time. And yeah. you get to feel what an ATV does at high speed in the, in the rocks, in the, in the wash. And, and mm-hmm. you need all that.
3: They drift around a lot more than I thought they would.
0: Um, yeah. And it's, it, you have to learn how to, you have to learn how to drive it with your feet mm-hmm. and not so much with your arms.
3: Yeah. It's almost weight in the foot pegs and keeping it straight instead of just turning the whole time.
0: You have a, you and, you know, you, you and Bo and and Dustin Nelson and a few other guys have an advantage over the rest of the ATV guys. You ride motorcycles, Mm -hmm. you ride motorcycles well. So you understand the balance and where your feet need to be and where your body needs to be to make the machine do certain things.
1: Yeah.
0: I bet you transferred over to an ATV. And that's what you were doing on the motorcycle is what you do on the ATV. And you don't even realize it.
3: Mm-hmm. I know like looking at pictures and different videos, I definitely look different on the bike than like the guys that only ride quads.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the uh like the training school member that the, the school that you went to that we were having down here at uh um your sponsor's, um, the the track. track yeah uh, you know i think that the, a thing like that for you is is outstanding because you get the perspective of a quad guy teaching you how to turn mm-hmm. you know uh, body position body english how you drive the high line the middle line the low line all of these things are just outstanding teaching methods mm-hmm. for you And I'm doing all the talking, so let's get it back into your court. Um, We didn't finish up with the year. Um, You ended up the same number in both divisions, the pro quad and the pro bike, correct?
3: Yeah, I ended up uh, sixth place in the championship for the bikes and the quad. So I was like, why not? And change the numbers so they both match. And now I'm running the six on the quad and the bike this year.
0: Excellent. Um, Mm -hmm. there's been two rounds, I believe in the works. How are you doing in the bike class? The
3: bike class, uh, round one, I made a dumb mistake and I was so occupied with all the bike work and getting everything ready for round one. I forgot to eat all day. So I just gassed out during that race, but I got ninth on in that race. And then at round two, I finished, um, seventh. So I did a lot better in round two. Had a couple of bobbles, a tree got stuck in my back tire in one of the pro sections. So I had to stop and pull that out, but I think I had a solid race and it was definitely a step forward from round one. So I'm just going to try to ride that momentum and keep improving for the whole year.
0: Right. That's, that's awesome. And, and then round one of the ATVs, where'd you end up? Round one on the
3: ATVs, I ended up fourth. I, uh, I've never pitted on the quad before and I ended up running out of gas. So, but I did manage to make it to the pit and pass back up to fourth. I was uh attempting to pass for third when I ran out of gas.
0: Nice. Um mm-hmm. uh, so the last the, the second round of the works in the quad, uh you you had a teammate do really well and yep. you had some bad luck.
3: Yeah, I was uh actually it started in the sight lap. In the site lap, I was behind Bo. We we're checking out the moto section, looking for some lines and stuff. And I actually had the transmission act up. So I had to start the race in fourth gear. I lost uh first, second and third. So we uh, lined up on the gate. I was in fourth and just clutched the crap out of that bike to the first corner. And I think I held, I was bouncing between third and fourth for the first lap and then, uh, Roberto passed me and I couldn't catch him in the tighter stuff. And so I just stayed in fourth till the start of my third lap and the motor ended up going.
0: Did you get enough laps to get points?
3: I actually, I didn't even check. Oh, wow. But I don't think I did. Cause they did. I think you have to do half the laps of the leader and they did quite a few laps
0: at that track. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you like Canyon? I, I liked it a
3: lot more on the quad. Really? Yeah. It was just so it was fast, uh, turned into blue groove. And then they just had those like turtle shell rock everywhere. So on the bike, it was so slippery and sketchy, but the quad, you could just let it slide anywhere. And it was so hard packed. Like we, not, we, it didn't end up rutting up like Havasu would or something. And it wasn't slot car racing. Like you could actually get creative with lines and I enjoyed like drifting, like setting up super wide and then cutting in tight and trying to, trying to get around people and stuff like that. I thought that was really fun.
0: Oh, if you'd have had a transmission, how much fun do you think you would have had?
3: Oh, way more fun.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, I hope those guys get you taken care of and, and ready for the, another Havasu round. Um, what do you think that's going on with uh, the scheduling? Is it the courses and the COVID thing causing them to have to change it up?
3: Yeah, I know. Uh, Blythe was an issue being in California. It was in like, some certain zone where they couldn't have so many people gathered, uh, for the COVID stuff. So they had to pull that round. And then I'm not sure what's going to go on. Supposedly the Vegas round still going to go, but I mean,
1: when is Vegas? Vegas is in May.
0: It doesn't Ooh. show Vegas on the schedule when I looked.
3: Oh, they might've already taken it down then. I, I don't know. I mean, I know Nevada has been weird. That's why we can't race at prim because Nevada has been weird about that kind of stuff. So I wasn't sure how Vegas was going to go.
0: Did you hear about that desert race they had there in near prim? Is
3: it the one where they came and shut it down during the race? Yeah. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. What, what were they? I mean, I've never heard anything on the news, never heard anything from any of the, the desert outlets or any of the forms. Nothing. Never heard anything. Yeah. Talked about it.
3: Yeah, it was weird. It was like it happened and then it was gone.
0: Yeah, I mean, what they do, swear everybody to, to secrecy.
3: You're right. It's just it's kind of it's just weird. Weird everywhere, but it's it's weird that you can go race like Glenn Helen staying solid. Um, I, I we're gonna go race in Taft, but we can't race
0: in blight. It's just everything's kinda that makes unfair. no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Well, it's just like the school situation. Yeah. High school's opening, but the little kids' school's not. What's mm-hmm. the deal. Exactly. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Well, you don't have school kids, so you don't have to worry about that.
3: Well, uh, my girlfriend works at a school.
0: Oh, so she has to worry about it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. She's always like like I think last summer they didn't nobody worked. They just stayed home and then they'd go to the classrooms and like make little discussions and stuff, and then they'd post them on the website, and then that's like all they would do is it's kind of weird. It's 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 sad for the kids, really.
0: Yeah, my my oldest grandson, Ethan, who's twelve, mm-hmm. he's doing pretty well with it. Um, but Wyatt, uh, my eight-year-old grandson is struggling really hard. He like he needs the classroom environment. Being at home, there's too many distractions. And, you know, I want to ride my dirt bike, I want to ride my my brother's quad, I wanna, you know. Yeah. Play outside. I want to ride my bicycle. You know, I'd be,
3: I'd be so screwed if I had to stare at a computer screen and try to learn, I wouldn't get anything.
0: I get it. I get it. You know, Mm -hmm. I totally get it. So is there anything, um, big coming up in your future with, you know, have you got to do any testing with roll or, or Elka on the shocks for your, for your Honda? We do
3: have a, we do have, We've talked about planning a weekend to go and test with Doug and get that thing completely dialed. But me and Doug have been working. We have three sets in rotation right now. So every time I ride it, I give him some more feedback because he's been, I'm such a different rider than a lot of the other quad guys. I ride a lot more over the front of the bike. Yes. And uh, so we've been struggling getting that set up where we just keep going stiffer on the front shocks. And then trying to get that rear end to stay leveled out with the compensation of the front end being a little bit stiffer. So we've been getting it. And I think we have a set that's pretty good right now, but he still wants to get out to the desert and do a full day or maybe even a weekend of testing. And I mean, we were going to do it the weekend before shorties out at that track, but all that stuff got canceled and moved around. And then it was the king of hammers. So it kind of just got, we're gonna have to reschedule it.
0: Wow. That sucks, but it's yeah. good. That it's good. I mean, you, you can't get a better guy than Doug to work with you on your shocks. Cause I mean, the guy's a genius.
3: Yeah. Doug's doing good. He's he's taking my feedback and definitely putting it into the shocks and, and working with me and stuff. And, uh, and I think he knows that I'm serious about it. So he's going to put his head down and help me out a little bit more. And I appreciate it for sure.
0: What are your motorcycle sponsors and the guys that you've worked with like Bob? Mm -hmm. Think of you racing the quad. Have they talked to you about it?
3: Uh, Bob is actually, he was kind of pumped about it. He used to do suspension for, um, uh, I can't remember that guy's name. Wayne Matlock. Yeah. Matlock. So he was like pretty stoked about it. And, uh, and I know he wanted to try to do a set of the suspension, but he's been so busy and, and then, uh, Doug stepped in and we've been doing that route. And I think, I think it's, it's good to keep them split up for now. And, uh, and I mean, Doug's the man for sure. Everything I hear about him and he's just good and and keeps getting better and better. So I think, I think I'm just going to stick with Doug on the quad stuff. And, um,
0: I think, well, you know, Bob is no slouch in, in the motorcycle stuff. I mean, when you talk to people in the industry, which I've been around for a million years and there's a lot Mm -hmm. of crossover and everybody loves his stuff. Yeah you know Yeah, Bob's
3: good. He's really good with the off-road stuff. He's got I mean, if I was going to race Baja, there'd be nobody else but him doing the suspension for sure. He's got hours and hours of testing with that kind of stuff and and um I know what was it? I know he is pretty stoked about the quad stuff and then and Prim, he got to watch me race it and he was like baffled. Like I can't believe you're out there doing that. we had that round together and I raced right after the bike race and he was like stoked. It was cool to see him out there watching.
0: Well, they got a pretty good family. Yeah. We were, when, uh, when we, um, I don't remember what year it was exactly. I think it was the year before Robbie Bell retired or Mm -hmm. the year he retired. He raced and won the championship and the quads were racing. And he was sitting there like nobody knew who he was just hanging out at the podium, watching the motorcycle, the quad podium and the pro-am. And I looked over and I knew who he was. And I'm like that right there. That's Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. You know, when the, when the quad, when the motorcycle champion is hanging out, watching the ATV guys and part of it, you know, enjoying it clapping and, and smiling and he has nothing to do with it. He doesn't have, he doesn't have a dog in the fight, you know, and, and he's mm-hmm. hanging out. And, uh, I was, I'm always been a, a, a Robbie Bell fan. I mean, I always have been. Uh, yeah. He rode Honda when he rode Kawasaki. I, I don't know why. I just liked the way he rode, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was, a uh,
3: he was a some good competition. That was my rookie year is when he, when he retired was the end of my rookie year. Wow. So I got to race with him for one year and it was really cool.
0: Have you, do you ever talk to him for pointers or anything like that?
3: Yeah, all the time. And actually that's uh that's the only team I've raced the 24 hour on is their team. Okay. So I got to like hang out with them a lot. And during the race, like giving pointers and, and he's super cool. And I love hearing his old stories about down in Baja and stuff like that. But I've been giving him, I've been giving him some crap. I'm like, dude, you know, there's some Kawasaki pods out there. You got to get one built.
0: <laughs> yeah. He'd definitely be a he, he definitely would be behind the eight ball on a Kawasaki quad. No offense yeah. to the Kawasaki guys. Love you, man. Don't hate me. But yeah, it was just never, um, uh, it handled good, but he mm-hmm. never had the beans to, uh, to run up front. Yeah. You know, I mean, we all used it to win a few races. Um, my son had two of them, and we freaking worked our our, our you know what's off trying to to keep them running um, because of the electrical issues. But Oh, Jimmy White, w- when he was running the team, helped us out a lot and and got us some parts and and took care of us really well. Um, But you know you can't you can't go away from the the two diehards Honda and Yamaha. You just mm-hmm. can't do it. Yeah, in the ATV world, I mean. Have you ever got to do any testing on uh huskies or or KTMs or KTM the white one or the orange one?
3: Yeah. Or um I never have. No. I've ridden i I've ridden, let's see. I've ridden one husky. It was my buddies, and I didn't really like them. They they felt really skinny and kind of just I don't know, they didn't after riding the Honda is so comfortable and And then the Yamaha's, I kind of like a wider bike. Okay. I like a wider, heavier bike. They feel more planted and it just suits my style. I think.
0: I want to ride one of the KTM three hundreds.
3: Yeah. That would be fun.
0: The two. Yeah. I'm not a huge KTM fan. So I'd have to, you know, paint it a different color or something, (laughs) but black plastics on it, just something, you know, just to get rid of the, the, you know, take the logos off something, you know, yeah. Uh, but I've heard so many good things about that motorcycle and mm-hmm. I'm not a expert by no means, but I like to go, uh, you know, single tracking and things like that. And I'll bet you it would just be so much fun.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never ridden one of the two strokes, but I've been watching, um, is that Cody Webb on, is he riding beta? or something like that, but they have those three hundreds, but they're all toned down like low compression. So everything's like real bottom end smooth. And it, they look like a good time to go ride some Enduro stuff.
0: Well, I, well, I don't even know who it was. My buddy, Rafael Sonic in Poland is friends with the Polish guy that rides mm-hmm. the KTM, uh, like the Enduro cross stuff. Yeah. And, I forget the guy's name. I apologize, you know, for all the fans don't hate me. Um, but the guy's phenomenal. He's like dominates the sport mm-hmm. and he can ride the thing like a trials bike. Yeah. Up straight faces bouncing from spot to spot, keeping his feet on the pegs, you know, just I like
3: to, the, like Graham Jarvis or something.
0: Um, I'm not sure. I don't remember his name. Uh, He's on a
3: Husky. But that dude's gnarly.
0: Well, this guy's on a, this guy's on a KTM and been on a KTM for years. Okay. They big stadium race in Poland, um, a couple years in a row and he won it. Um, there was a lot of the, the Americans were over there. Just everybody was over there and, mm-hmm. and, um, I guess it paid a bunch of money. You know, yeah. It's the only way you're going to get anybody there to good to go to, to go. Yeah. Poland's an awesome place. If you ever get to go on vacation there, go in the, go in the warmer season and mm-hmm. it's a beautiful country. You know, the people are awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. I've been many times and I like it, but, uh, yeah.
0: what, uh, what do you think the biggest focal point you're looking at this year for each class to get yourself uh, a little, a little lower number?
1: A lower number on the bike?
3: Both. Okay. Um on the quads, I wanna win. I wanna I wanna win at least one round this year. I think I could do it. I just gotta get to the right track and everything's gotta align, but I think I could do it for sure. And then um on the bikes. I want my goal is definitely get a top five on the bikes. I think I could do it as as long as uh mistakes are minimal and I just keep up on my training that I've been doing a little bit more mountain biking, stuff like that. I think I'll be able to get up there.
0: Have you, um, do you think that your mental focus is changing riding the two classes?
1: Um, I notice
3: mentally, I don't get as messed up on the quad as I do the bike. I don't know if it's new and it's like, extra fun or something, but I I feel like I have a little bit more focus on the bike or the quad. Sorry. Um, but I've been racing with earplugs now. And I feel like that's been helping the mental side of the race where I'm not paying attention to anybody that's around me. I don't, I don't hear anybody. It's just me and the, in the hum of the bike. And I'm just out there doing my own thing. And I feel like that's been definitely helping the mental side on both, but, more on the bike as well.
0: What, what keeps you less focused on the, on the two wheeler? It seems to me like it'd be the other way around because it's, it, it's so much easier when, you know, your, your window for mistakes is smaller.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, I just, um, the quad, let's see the two wheeler. I've been doing it for longer, so I feel like I should be doing better, but I'm doing better on the quad than I am on the bike. So I feel like mentally I'm like, well, what the hell, what am I doing? Like you, you should be able to, you should be able to do the same results on both. But I know I can't, but I feel like that's why I feel a little mentally stronger on the quad. Cause I know where I'm at on the quad versus where I'm at on the bike. <laughs>
0: Well, let me ask you this, not to put you on the spot or try to be a psychologist, but when you say you can't, isn't that setting yourself up for failure versus saying I'm going to do better and I'm going to put myself in the top five. I'm going to put myself in the top four. I'm going to put myself in the top three. You You're
1: know?
3: right. You're right. I, I shouldn't say I can't.
0: I, I've watched you ride. Mm-hmm. And, and I've watched you ride for a number of years long before I knew really who you were. And I don't understand when you say you can't, why you can't because you have skills, mm-hmm. you have talent, put it all in the same box and you'll run farther up the field than you think you will. Mm -hmm. It just, my, my vision of you, it's just like on the ATV, you already know that I think you can win on the ATV. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe that if your program changes around a little bit and you get a little bit different guidance, I think you'll be on top of the box in no time.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Bo don't take, I don't want to take anything away from Bo or Mike. Those guys are both phenomenally fast guys. Yeah. But you have skills and you have to put them in the right place with the right players in the right boxes at the same time mm-hmm. and you're going to win and i think that i think you do the same thing with the bikes um you've already changed the to the yamaha which you like yeah uh, you're making changes i think all the time based on our conversations mm-hmm. to improve so if we focus a little differently and maybe step away from the, the trees and look at the forest, Mm -hmm. we'll be able to see the answer to the riddle and, and get ourselves out in front. I'm trying not to be a psychologist. I'm trying to, trying to make a conversation out of it. You know,
3: a little bit of different perspective from it
0: or at it. Mm -hmm. Maybe I see something in you that you don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've been racing a motorcycle for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm watching a young kid with talent, um, holding himself back, you know, why are you throwing the anchor, dude, pull the thing in and put it back in your pocket and go do it. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. there's no, the only reason that guy in front of you is beating you is because you're letting him, you know, I mean, it's the same with the quad. If your quad holds together, the only reason that guy beat you is because you let him be you. Yeah you made mistakes in the beginning or you didn't push or you didn't take the right lines, uh, or you were sleeping in the beginning of the race and you ended up running in the running fourth or fifth when you should have been running up front the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's just my perspective. Yeah. So you'd have to, uh, you know, do your own mental evaluation on it and, and see where it goes from there.
3: Yeah. No, I agree. I I definitely need to, I'm going to try to find a way to look at it differently to get around the weakness. I think I have and push
0: forward a lot harder. Well, sometimes you got to trick your own, your own mind. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. sorry to say, but we're all, we're all a little off, right?
3: <laughs> oh yeah. Can't hit the ground as many times as we have and not be a little off. Oh,
0: totally. Totally. <laughs> I still love it. I wish I could race, but I, you mm-hmm. know, life evolves and, you know, things evolve and you have to do what you have to do to yep. survive. And I'm a way better mechanic than I am a racer. I ever was a racer. So, mm-hmm. you know, the drill, you know. Oh, yeah. You ride because you can. I work on them because I can. Yep. <laughs> when you start evaluating um, your overall package, you know, with the, mm-hmm. with the Yamaha, uh, well, let's talk motorcycle. You see the incremental differences in the, in the incremental gains, um, with that package, what's one of the things that you would change on the machine to make it even better?
3: Uh, if I could keep the straight line stability, but get a little bit of, I wouldn't say better turning, but easier turning on that bike. I feel like you have to try a little bit harder to get that bike to turn like on the Honda when the Honda would kind of just fall into ruts and would want to turn, but it wouldn't want to go straight as stable. So if I get a little bit better turning out of the Yamaha, I think that bike would be a full package for sure.
0: Is it suspension related or, or chassis related?
3: Um, I've been trying different suspension settings like sags and stuff. And, uh, I don't know if you know Chris Kiefer, but I've been talking with him a little bit and he told me to try, um, a higher sag cause I was running the same sag number. I was on the Honda and the Yamaha is way different. So he was giving me some pointers and stuff like that on what he's learned. And then he works with, forget the guy's name, but he does all the testing with Yamaha and he was, they were giving me some settings to try too.
0: have you called Dustin yet?
3: I've talked to Dustin a couple of times, but I was asking him some quad questions.
0: <laughs> He's a Pretty good bike rider too, man.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember watching him like, dude, how does
0: he ride both? That's crazy. Well, now, you know, yeah. In your, in your ATV package, what are the things that you think that you need to work on the most to get you in the winner's circle?
3: I think I just need to ride him more. I'm, I feel like I check up on like oncoming obstacles a little bit more than someone who's used to riding the quad. Cause you come into like an uneven square edge or something. And I'm not really sure at that moment on how it's going to hit until I hit it a couple of times and feel the way it's going to kick or something. And then where the other quad rider would just blow through it. So I feel like I just need to kind of let the quad do its thing and then just learn off of that and just kind of go with it. I feel like I might try to muscle it a little bit more than I maybe should. Yeah. I've definitely been working on that. Like learning how to like out in the desert, coming up to like washouts and stuff. I I know you can't just slam them with the front wheels up like a dirt bike. Cause you'll ride the front end for a while, but I'm learning all that kind of stuff.
0: The gas is your friend and you know, mm-hmm. th- there's a technique to it if you're going to hit the edge with the front end up, yeah. you have to, when the rear wheels hit it, you have to be pulling up on the front end. So you're almost lifting the bike in the air level. Yeah. So you're forcing it to stay level while you're hit it on the gas. And if you don't do that, the ass end's going to kick over mm-hmm. because you're letting the front end drop. And if you get out of the gas, you're going on your noodle and there's just no stopping it. Yeah. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest mistake most people do is they get out of gas and it fricking throws them over the bars. Mm-hmm. And like, I was
3: struggling with turning in ruts, but, uh, actually Logan gave me some pointers when I went riding with him. And then he hooked me up with a uh, little bit shorter of bars. I forget what they're called, but they're not as wide as like my dirt bike bars are. And I'm I'm able to hang over the side a lot more with the twist throttle. Right. So that's definitely a big help. So I got a shout out to Logan Huff and the flex fam. Yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> those, those help the joints, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. They make this old body feel good when I ride with them. So, mm-hmm. um, that sounds like you're like, you're getting your package down pat.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's coming together. I'm definitely a hundred percent. Like I have, a way better setup than I did last year. Like it just keeps improving with every race. And the more I learn to right. and how the quad is supposed to be set up. Cause it's way different than the bike for sure. And I'm learning cause I'm learning the more of the terminology to give feedback to like people like Doug and stuff like that. Or when I ask, call Bo up once a week for questions on quads or you, I know, I know more of, what to ask for, or to tell you guys to, for the feedback that I need.
0: How is it, how is it with Bo knowing that you're, how is Bo treat you knowing that you want his spot?
3: I think he's cool with it. I think he likes the competition. I mean, like motorcycle weekend, I brought his bike up for him and we were hanging out and in the same pit and stuff. So he's pretty cool about it. And I think, He's cool with it until I beat him and then maybe he'll get a little sour, but it'll be all right.
0: You know, I don't think he'll get sour. He would just train harder to beat you the next time.
3: Yeah. Yeah. He probably would.
0: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's, he likes, he likes it when somebody just comes out and, and beats him and shakes his hand, you know, and it's a smile, you know, Hey dude, that was a great race, you know, Mm -hmm. true champions and true riders and two true racers, I think are that way. Yeah, you got me today, but I, I, I taught you a lot, but I didn't teach you everything. So be ready. next. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. Don't give me all the secrets.
0: Well, yeah, you got to learn some on your own mm-hmm. and riding a quad takes a number of years of seat time to get there. Yeah. You know,
1: I'm so definitely stoked of where I'm at for how much time I have on the quad.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Are you going to try to race Vegas Torino again this year?
3: Uh, if I, if I have a, a team and a bike and stuff, I'm down to do it. Nice. Yeah.
0: Have I'm you actually, had any offers?
3: I had not yet. No. And I haven't talked to low profile to see if they want to do a quad for it or anything. So it's kind of all up in there.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a tough schedule right now because so many things are changing.
3: I know it's, it's hard to plan for anything.
0: Yeah. I mean, you planned for that race and it cancels. You planned I don't know if score is going to change their events this year.
3: Yeah. Cause I was signed up for a couple of events last year to go race. I've never raced in Mexico before. And I was going to go down there and do I think San Felipe and the 500. And then they ended up changing all the dates and they fell on different weekends. I already had stuff going on. So I had to cancel on it. And it was a bummer, but I mean, it is what it is now.
0: Well, if you get to go down there and you go to Valley T, Mm -hmm. you have to have tacos. Okay. Have to. It's a must. Yeah. They're some of the best tacos you'll ever eat in your whole life. Valley T. Valley T taco stand. Uh, Whoever you go down there with knows what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And they'll drive you right to the place and you'll be like, "Uh, do we have to leave? (laughs) <laughs> you guys got to-go boxes. <laughs> you no, know, they don't. They just give you a plate and you eat them while you're driving, and it's just, yeah, uh, it's awesome. I, I miss racing in Mexico because there is just there's nothing like the experience, and you can't even put it into words. Yeah, you know the people are awesome, the place is awesome, the food is awesome, and. You get to, it's almost surreal. I I raced down there one time, got to race, but being a, uh, uh, building the bike and taking it down and having a team and working with a group of guys, um, I don't even know how to put it into words. It's so surreal when you are in the moment down there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like nothing you've ever experienced. Um, you may, it may be totally different for you because you're being a racer, um, and being a high level racer. Uh, it may not be the same experience for you, but you, when you get that opportunity, you got to do it. It's just yeah. like the Vegas to Reno thing. You got to do that whole race. And when the, the thrill you get finishing Vegas, to Reno is,
3: Oh yeah. And this year they're starting in Reno and racing to Vegas.
0: Oh, really? I didn't know that.
3: Yeah, so I was like, damn, dude, you got to make sure you have a solid bike for that. You drive all the way to Reno. You got to do the whole drive home no matter what.
0: Well, you know, if you're already coming that way, it's not near as bad, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Yeah, drive all the way back to Vegas. That's pretty cool because it's the first time they've ever done it.
3: Yeah, I've always said, like, it would be cool if they raced us there and then we get a couple of days and race back. but racing back will make that drive home a lot better.
0: I know I wanted them to just trick and turn around the next day and start us back. Yeah. You know, if you didn't get to the finish line yet, you too bad? We're starting the race. Be look, be look out. Mm-hmm. You know, or have a different path, you know, um, because there's so many cars and trucks coming. So if you have yeah. a little different route going back and,
3: or even if they did one day for like you reprep the quad or bike or whatever, and it'd be really cool.
0: I, I want to see it on the same engine. Yeah. that separate the men from the boys. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe have his, maybe say have a second set of shocks, maybe a set, you know, you are obviously going to have spare tires. Um, but, you know, same motor. Mm-hmm. I, I like the motor package that we ran in the last few years that we were running That the motor was running so strong at the end of the year, at the end of the day. That yeah, I would have checked the valves, put a clutch in it, and changed the oil and say you have at it, boys.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just me, you know. Yeah.
1: But no, I'm cool. As I'm the rider, like, down.
0: Oh, I'm always bragging up my brother. So <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoy that that kind of stuff. We never got to do it. Um, we raced to to Cabo a couple of times, which or a Capo or or a Cabo or La Paz. I mean that mm-hmm. those if you get to do one of those, you should do it. On a bike yeah. or a quad.
2: Yeah.
1: Is that in Mexico? Yeah. Okay.
0: It's you start in Ensenada and you go all the way to La Paz, or you go all the way to Cabo.
1: Oh wow. Yeah. That's a good one.
0: The one where we went to Cabo, we stayed up all night, raced all day, stayed up all night, and got to Cabo, like ten o'clock at night the, the second night, oh wow, yeah, I was dying, mm-hmm. so I was so tired, <laughs> you know, and then we get to the finish line, and I was wide awake,
3: yeah, of course, yeah, now you can go to bed
0: well, yeah I think we went out and had beers, well, I don't drink, mm-hmm. but the one t- a group of us went out and you know they had some beers, I had a couple sodas, and I think we got some tacos, and then we went to bed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Had to cap it off.
0: So we've done a lot of back and forth talking and wish list dreaming and and stuff. When you talk to other riders about transitioning from a motorcycle to an ATV or the differences between the two, what are the some of the biggest things that the tips that you could offer? Because I know that I know that there's other motorcycle guys looking at what you're doing and watching you, mm-hmm. you have a pretty big following of, of social media people. And I just have a feeling that there's other guys in the works, or possibly desert racers that are looking at, at the transition.
3: the The transition from the motorcycle to quad, I don't think it's too big of a deal. Um, if you bring good form from a dirt bike to a quad, I think that you're already starting on a good platform. Um, there's definitely things that you're going to have to take whether you want to do the thumb throttle or the twist throttle and now it's a quarter turn throttle so that makes it a lot more touchy for sure um and then i think just riding it like a dirt bike is good but you have to get it set up for that uh going from the quad to the bike i think would be really hard at first but then eventually you'll get into it just Cause I know if I ride the quad for a weekend and then I hop on the bike, that first little ride, I'm like, Oh, Whoa, I got to like balance a lot harder and pay attention a little bit more. You can't just slide around corners as easy, but, and then it just comes, it eventually comes back to me in a couple laps and then it's not too big of a deal. But, um, transitioning from the motorcycle to the quad is it's a fun transition. You get to go do stuff that you don't usually get to do on the bike. So it's, it opens up possibilities for sure for different types of fun. And then I crash a lot less on a quad. <laughs> <laughs> the bikes you'll make dumb little crashes and wash out the front end or something. And then the quad, I mean, I almost tip it a lot cause I'll overturn and then ride the two wheels on the outside or something. But you just, I get lucky and correct it. I think, uh, in prim spooner seen the whole bottom of my quad for about 20 feet once, but I saved it (laughs) out through some bushes. Um, so it's, it's, but it's a different respect going from the bike to the quad. You have to respect different things than you would on a bike, the bike, you have so many more line choices. And then the quad, you just have to, you have to be faster in the same line as the guy in front of you on some tracks. And, and then make the passes where, you know, you can find room to make passes. And so you have to be, you have to let, have more strategy, I think, on the quad than on the bikes.
0: One of the things that, um, I wanted to ask about was being a professional motorcycle, motorcycle racer, Mm -hmm. um, looking at a couch and laughing at the quad guys. What do you think now?
3: I definitely have respect for the quad guys. Uh, the quads are gnarly. And if you watch the guys that have been riding them for a while and they hit jumps and they'll go sideways and all toppy turny on it and wheels, not level. And I'm like, dude, I don't like that. I like when my wheels are nice and level and I mean, they're comfortable on that. And it's, it's cool to see like someone like Bo just go rip through a section and be like, like you watch him through it and like, I could do that probably. And then you try it and you're like, oh, it's way gnarlier than it looked. Because he just goes through the rock section uh, just so easy. I walk some of the pro sections with him and he's all, oh, I'll just throw my tires up on that corner and then I'll dip over around this rock. And I'm like, that's not what I was looking at.
0: Well, you're talking about a seasoned veteran. Oh, yeah. You know, and a, and a, and a nine time champ. Mm-hmm. You know. but he,
3: he, he puts a quad in places that, like someone like me wouldn't even picture putting a quad there, but then like he told me about it. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to try it during the race. And then I try it and it works perfectly fine. But like, cause he knows where that quad can go mm-hmm. and that limit that you can push. And then like me, multiple years behind him in experience and learning that. But it's cool to see how he could just do that kind of stuff. And it's like, wow, he's a real, like, Pro quad rider,
0: right? Seasoned veteran. Mm-hmm. So when you talk to your motorcycle guy friends or the motorcycle guys, um, and they talk, then they talk trash about the quad stuff. What do you say to them now?
3: Oh my like, dude, hop on it! It's over. I'll bring. I'll bring it to the next round. You can do a couple laps. I'll ask Randy, and usually all of them say, "Hell no, I'm not hopping on that thing."
0: Uh, yeah. Cause they want to talk trash, but they don't really, they don't want to put their money where their mouth is. Exactly.
3: Yeah. The the quad definitely intimidates a lot of people. And, and I mean, I'll let them ride it if they're there and they got gear on, like go ahead hop on it. I've let, uh, me and this kid in Havasu ride together a lot. And we've been riding together since I started riding off road. Actually his family got me into it. And, uh, and we did a race out at our local sand track, just um, out in the desert. And he's all, there's no way you're beating my lap time. There's no way. So I let him choose the track and we did an hour race. And then the last two or the last lap of the hour race was the lap time that I had to beat him. Mm -hmm. So he chose the track that was all single track through all this sand whoops and stuff like that. And I ended up beating him by like five tenths of a second. (laughs) And I was like, I mean, both tires out in the bushes, just getting wild on that thing. But yeah, I was, and then I let him go do, he couldn't even finish a lap on that track. It's like, dude, I don't know how the heck you even stayed on that thing. It was the funniest thing ever to watch him try to ride it.
0: Overcompensation. Oh yeah. Just like I
3: thought he was going to be on the ground in the first 10 feet of him riding that thing. It was, it was so funny, but yeah, he's like, it's like, dude, I don't understand how you ride that. It's so different. And so there's so much more going on than it is. The ride, like on a dirt bike, you go around the sand track and it's 10 times as smooth than it is on a quad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you know the what line to take. Yeah. I'm a quad rider riding a motorcycle. I'm taking the quad line. Yeah. Oh, so, you know.
3: But there's just like, I mean, you got four tires pushing you around instead of just the two or maybe even one if you're riding the whoops right you know and it it's just it's that much more work but it's a totally different fun too
0: do you think that the the training from riding the quad is helping the dirt bike you know like your endurance and your conditioning
3: i do yeah my upper body strength from the quad has definitely helped me on the bike and me and bo were talking about that when he used to race uh the dirt bikes. And then he would go or no test dirt bikes, but he was racing quads. They'd he'd come back after a couple of months and his lap times would be way better. He's all dude, I could throw the bike around cause I'm riding the quad right now. And then I noticed that my upper body just getting way stronger just cause you do have to use your upper body a lot more on the quad cause you, you gotta push it down and get traction and all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely, it it brings more strength and, um, and cardio really into the bike stuff.
0: Right. Right. So the endurance level goes up. So your overall performance on your bike is improving because of your ATV riding. Yeah. That's, and you never expected that, did you?
3: No, I thought the quad was going to be easier for sure, but I thought it was going to be easier in some ways, but harder in others. Like jumping was definitely harder, but I was like, it's, it's the quad. It can't be that bad. And then you get on it and you're like, Oh man, this is a total different animal, but they end up being cross training for each other. So they kind of work. They don't work against each other. They work with each other. The bikes in the quad.
0: If you're sketched on a jump on your two wheeler, would you jump it on your quad to feel it out? or is it opposite? Would you jump it on the two-wheeler to feel it out for the, for the quad?
3: I'd jump it on the two-wheeler, feel it out for the quad.
0: And do you, do you know most of the courses that you're going to in works so that you already have an idea about how the jumps are? So you, you just automatically jump them?
3: Yeah. Well, I, I got a, my first race on the quad was in Taft. So I had to, I had to learn how to jump that race. There's a bunch of jumps out there, so but luckily the jumps in Taft are pretty square and they're not—they don't have too many kickers in them and stuff.
0: The worst one is that starting line double tables.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that first little like it's like a real quick lip, but you come into it really fast, and that one wants to drop the front end, and then you hit the next one, and it shoots you to the moon,
0: and it wants to throw you past the downside. So mm-hmm. no, yeah, it's you have to. You have to figure that one out as a there's yeah. an A rider, and I, I freaking I didn't.
3: And then didn't those know. two doubles coming out of the corner after that, you have that step up, and then you come into that drift corner, and it's like that double, and then the next double is kind of like a hip almost, right? And those ones are like they're so slippery on it, so you can't like
1: turn while you're coming up to it. But, but you got you
0: you got you figured it out right away.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I was, I went out in pro practice and it was like the last lap of practice. I'm like, all right, just go out and hit all the jumps. And then that way, you know, you could do them for the race.
0: And how did you monitor the speed? I mean, I know you would never jumped a quad like that. How did you know how fast to go?
3: I just hopped in behind other quad guys and
0: followed them. So if they didn't jump it, you were in trouble.
3: Yeah. But luckily, they all jumped it. <laughs> <laughs> I just tried to match the engine tone, and just I was like, "All right, well, here it goes."
0: Wow, that's crazy! I know when I was riding, and Doug wanted to teach me how to do a specific jump. He said, "Follow me." Yeah. No, I'm not going that fast. And well, then you don't want to jump the jump. Hmm. Well, then I don't want to jump the jump. <laughs> I'm not doing it, you know?
3: Yeah. Every time someone says, follow me, I'll follow them. And then I'll just go a little bit faster off the lip.
1: Wow. That's crazy.
0: <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> you're killing me. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's awesome that you're transitioning like that, but I really believe that there's, there's other motorcycle guys watching you. Mm-hmm. I think that there's, there's going to be more of a, 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 a role into it because you're having success. Yeah. You know, I
3: I think it would be really cool. I mean, if they, if there was any motorcycle guys that seen me on a track or something and I had the quad, they want to try it out like more than welcome. I'd love for you to try it. And then, I mean, you might end up liking it and then there we go. We have another quad guy.
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's, you, you can never right now the, the class is growing. Mm -hmm. Big time. I think it's growing, you know.
3: Dude, the the amateur classes at Canyon were stacked; the whole line was full.
0: Exactly. I I just believe that it, it's trying to make a comeback. Mm-hmm. You know, m- more and more younger people are are starting to ride. Um, I believe that you're actually going to help that because you're bringing a new dimension to it. You know, maybe yeah. he was on the on the fence of going two wheeler or four wheeler, and he's seen a two-wheeler guy go to the four-wheeler. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to do the four-wheeler, you know, I'm going to race the quad dad. Yeah. You race the quad a little bit and realize that they like it and And, uh, it's competitive. And
3: and like younger kids, I feel like the parents think like the quads are safer too. Like they, they, from the outside, they look safer because there's four wheels you can't tip over. So the parents might be a little easier to convince to get a quad than a bike.
0: Yeah, I think that too. I mean, they just—you can't say that they're safer because I don't
3: think they are. <laughs> I think well, it's about even.
0: Well, to a point, yeah. Yeah. When you ride, learn how to ride your bicycle. If you let the kid ride off on his BMX bike, um, why would you not let him race his motorcycle? Yeah, it, that's my rationale.
3: Yeah, it all—it all it says the same thing. It's just like driving a car. You get messed up driving a car to the grocery store.
0: Well, there's more car accidents than there are plane fatalities, but people are scared to fly. But they jump in the car and drive to the store every day. Mm -hmm. Go figure, right? Yeah. And racing, if you look at the statistics, racing is safer than trail riding. Yep. Because the amount of injuries that happen are mostly in when you're practicing or when you're out play riding with your friends. Mm-hmm. Because you're not as focused, you're not as intense.
3: Yeah, you're looking around, you're messing around with your buddies. Exactly. Exactly. And and you're not on a, a controlled course or environment. There could be a side-by-side coming the other way down a wash or a new rain rut that you didn't know on the backside of a hill, and you come over it faster than you should. And...
0: When you ride out there at Havasu, because you guys have so many UTVs, Mm -hmm. do you have any issues with your training? Where you train with the UTV stuff?
3: Yeah, I've had to stop riding a couple of my tracks. Um, I had this one track up in some hills and it had like great jumps where you could just float down these hills and all these crossovers and stuff. And I came over at one time and jumped over the hood of a side by side coming up the other side. And I was like, dude, I can't be doing this stuff. So I've had to, I try to find tracks or make them where you can't really see them from like heavily used trails kind of cut in my own stuff. And, or we just like crystal beach is pretty known to be like tracks out there. So there's not too many side by sides, but I just stay away from coming over hills really fast. I think if I go up a hill, I try to make like a, a turn on the top and then, turn down the other side instead of going straight over
0: it. Right. Where before the UTV stuff, you would just jump straight over and mm-hmm. because the odds of somebody being out there. Yeah. Yeah. I I know that I'm not an anti UTV guy in any way, shape or form. I just know that there's no, there's no sense to some of the things they do.
3: Well, they're not, they're not racers in them most of the time they're just the everyday people that get a side by side and then they, they want to go out in the desert and they don't know or they don't have the common sense of there's also other people out here that aren't doing exactly what they're doing. Right. And they're in a cage, so they feel safer, but it's just, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a weird subject, I guess, because they're fun, but then there's, they do, I don't want to say mess up a lot of stuff, but they're in the way sometimes for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that you did.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're out there practicing and then you see a group of side-by-sides and they'll just like, they see us riding. So they feel, or I don't know if they feel like they need to, but they usually always come towards us. And I'm like, dear, this, so we got to like stop our sprint laps and stuff like that and wait for them to get off the track or, go ride another track. Cause they decided to do figure eights right there or something.
0: Yeah. And they have no idea what you're doing or who yeah. you are and they don't even care.
3: No.
1: Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy.
3: Like if you no. go out to the desert, uh, you do see like a lot where the single tracks will start for dirt bikes and then you'll see all the side-by-side marks where they're getting stuck and having to back down the hill.
0: Because they think they can do the single track.
1: Yeah. Nice. You know, drive
0: Jeep if you want to climb that mountain. Yep. So let's let's leave it with some advice for the youth. If
3: I had advice for either quad or dirt bike, um, definitely take care of your parents because they're taking care of you. I think, uh, I I don't like when I see racers or anybody giving their parents crap when they're dropping money on stuff. I mean, bikes are expensive. Gear's expensive. Gas is expensive to get to the track. Take care of your parents and they'll take care of you. Um, second is hard work is never underestimated. If you, if you can put more work in than the other guys, it's going to pay off in the long run. So put your head down. It might not be working out now, but it'll work out later. And maybe I got to take my own advice as well, but, uh, <laughs> well, I will, <laughs> but, um, I think those are two big things. And then, uh, let watch what you eat, watch what, try not to party as much. I know it's, I mean, if you're in high school and stuff, it it is what it is, but I mean, the cleaner you keep your body, the better, everything's going to be. So I, I think those are some good points.
0: When you bring that up, what is your, what, what do you do for your diet?
3: Um, I'm very high carb cause I don't know if everybody knows, but I frame houses during the day and in Havasu the weather's not too nice. It's always hot here. So it's electrolytes, um, healthy sodiums, stuff like that. Uh, I eat a lot of red meat, and um potatoes Mm -hmm. the like baked potato has a lot of electrolytes in it and um stuff like that uh fruits veggies and tons of water liquid iv and um i use the rhino power like protein and carbo fuel and hydration
0: that's awesome that's Mm -hmm. awesome do you think that have you listened to some of the riders that it, I'm trying to ask the question without making it sound really bad? Have you listened or talked to any of the riders that are going more plant based?
3: Um, actually like I talked to Robbie Bell a lot about it back when he was racing. Cause he did, he tried like the full plant based stuff and, and, um, he tried a lot of different uh, diets like that. And I'm not sure how the results the results are always kind of like whatever your body likes right so like if you eat a certain certain things and you feel good then maybe that's what you should be eating but if you try something else and like oh like i feel like i was really tired but if i ate more rice like i felt a lot better and like it kind of just like everybody's body's different so it's hard to say like you should do this diet or you should do that diet Right.
0: Well, you look at Chad Ween and and that guy changed to a plant-based diet. And I, I, I'm not for or against. I'm just saying that guy changed his program, changed his diet and he's freaking on fire. But he's also 10 years older than you. Yeah.
3: Yeah, like I did uh, when I
1: got hurt. Um, I ate for like two months. I ate nothing but like meat and
3: like a little bit of vegetables and pretty much nothing else but that. And I felt really good, but I gained a lot of weight. Like muscle wise, I was like two ten. So I was like going to the gym all day. Cause I wasn't going to work or anything or riding. I was like going to the gym cycling and just eating a lot of meat and a little bit of vegetables. And it was like, I mean, my weight just jumped way high. I felt great. I was like, man, I can't be like 210, 215. It was like wild, but I don't know. Sometimes I think about trying that diet again just to see, even if I did get bigger, but just to see how I, my energy levels would be and stuff like that.
0: What's your weight now?
3: Like 190.
0: So you're still a bigger guy. Yeah. You know, you're bigger than Bo, you're bigger than Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spooner might be in your weight area might be cause I don't know how tall he is comparative to you. Yeah. And a lot of the bike guys are smaller than you too, aren't they?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely always been the bigger guy kind of built like Sutherland.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. You know, is he still
3: racing? Um, I, he's been having issues with that arm healing. It was like, every time I talked to him, he's like, Oh, I'm going in for another bone graft cause that one didn't take. And, but I think it's finally, I think it take, and, uh, I seen, he rode a little bit, but he hasn't raced in over a year. I know that.
0: I know that. Uh, do you follow MotoGP at all? A little bit. Mark Marquez broke his arm Mm-hmm. And he got an infection. Uh, he tried to come back too soon then he got an infection and they just did a bunch of, uh, stopping the infection and did another surgery. And he's trying to come back for the season opener in April. But he hasn't been on a bike in a year.
3: Wow! Sometimes guys come back from that kind of stuff, and it was like that break was good for him, and then they do really well. Wow, well, that guy! That, that, that a year is a long time, but I mean, a cup. Like if you take a month off a bike and you come back, and you kind of have like your batteries are recharged again.
0: Uh, you know, I've seen it. I've seen guys take off years and come back, and they just fricking kill it for one or two races. And then something happens either, either they're not prepared to continue it. Uh, you know, maybe they just needed to know that they could still do it and they were done.
3: Yeah. And your muscle memory, it fades a little bit. So then you do, you do have a bigger chance of making a bigger mistake.
0: I, I explained that.
3: Uh, I like keeping, keeping your senses sharp. It's just like anything like shooting a gun or riding a bicycle, dirt bikes, quads. If if you don't do it a lot, then you, or I should say, if you do it a lot, you almost don't have to think about it. But then when you stop over time, I feel like you might lose that, the sharpness and quickness of a reaction, like, Oh, hit a rock, it kicked out, like your body you don't have to think about bringing your bike back because your body already took care of it before you can even get to that thought. But if you haven't done it in a long time, then you might have to wait till you get to that thought and it'd be too late. You're already on the ground.
0: Right. You think that the supercross guys are, are using muscle memory for the way that they ride? Oh, Definitely they go ride
3: tracks and they just, they put down laps and all their tracks are built, not the same, but I mean, all those jumps are, they're 80 feet, they're 60 feet. And then they have those same size jumps on the track on their practice track. So they know what they have to do. They know their speeds. They know where they need to shift. And then I think like come race day, it's just different lines and who's got quicker timing and, or better timing and stuff like that.
0: When, when you think traditional motocross, you know, and this will roll into my question for off-road when Mm -hmm. you think traditional motocross, do you think grooming the track is part of that?
1: Traditional motocross. Yeah. Like start the day with a fresh track and then let it break down throughout the day.
0: Okay. So when they're out grooming the track for an off-road race, do you think that that should be done?
1: Sometimes
3: if it's, if it gets to a safety hazard or like they've done some races, I think they did have a suit one year where they didn't groom from Saturday and then had us race it Sunday Uh, for the pro race. It was great because it was super gnarly for us, but for the amateurs and and novice riders before us, I feel like that's, it might be a little too sketchy for them. Cause it almost, I mean like Havasu, it, it makes it, the whole course is almost a pro section.
0: Dude, that's Havasu man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I, I
3: love it when it's like that, but then there's a lot of riders when you see them, like there's a couple of riders getting taken off by the ambulance for sure. That round.
0: I, I, the rougher it is, And the longer it is, the better it is for me. I'm always horrible in the beginning of the race, you know, and then when we get to the 40 minute mark, okay, now I'm starting to have fun and then it's over. Yeah. Oh, come on, dude. I was just starting to have a good time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, cause you get over that initial winded deal. You might get over your initial arm pump or whatever it is because you're not loose enough when you start the race or whatever. It yeah.
3: Is. Yeah. That first 30 minutes you're like, Holy shit, dude, there's, there's another hour and a half left. You gotta even get going. And then you get to that second hour and you're like, all right, this is cool. You loosen up again, your blood starts flowing, your your hands went numb without now they're coming back.
0: Yep. Yep. I had to one of the reasons I quit racing is because my fingers, my two outside fingers, my pinky and my uh next finger mm-hmm. would start to numb to the point where I couldn't feel them at all. I was riding with just my index finger and my thumb and my middle finger and it was starting to affect my middle finger and mm-hmm. you know, y- when your hand falling invol involuntarily falling off the handlebars, yeah. You know, at the wrong time. That's going to hurt. Oh yeah. So I, I decided that, you know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore. Mm hmm but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to talk with you, Travis. Um, yeah. I really enjoy your perspective on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to see great things of you in the ATV world. And I really, uh, I'd really like to see you dig a little deeper on the motorcycle. Uh, uh, M- maybe you're staring at the trees and you're standing in the middle of a forest looking for a, looking for a better line and your lines right in front of you. Yeah. So, um, You know, if you ever need, if you ever need anything from me, you know, you can call me at any time Um, Mm -hmm. and you're always welcome on ATV talk. Um, So don't hesitate to reach out and uh, we'll probably be doing this again at the end of uh, 2021 to go over the season and, and see if you got your uh, top five and your top three.
3: Yeah. I appreciate you having me on here. And I mean, I always enjoy the ATV talk, got my shirt on. And, uh, and next time we talk, I'll tell you about my better, my better, um, results in the motorcycle and the quad and we'll have a good time.
0: Let's get into, let's get into the focus thing and, and how you work on, on the mental game. Um, because that's super important in both the ATV and the motorcycle. Yeah. You know, so, uh, maybe take some notes, maybe mm-hmm. you could ha- have Hannah, you know, whip you into shape. Yep. Yeah. She'll Just- like that. Yeah, hey. Good on me. <laughs> hey, anything I can do to get you going, uh, yeah. sure what it takes, right?
3: Exactly.
0: All right, brother. I know it's getting late there for you. Um, try to stay as cool as you can because it's probably starting to warm up there in Havasu.
3: Yeah, it, it's only in the 80s right now, but it's been nice. It's coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> coming quick.
0: <laughs> wow. All right, brother. You have a great All night. Right. And again, thank you so much for coming on ATV Talk. Travis Damon, and just so everybody knows, this guy is killing it on his first episode on ATV Talk. It dwarfs every other episode that we have. Um, I don't know who you're contacting or how many. People. <laughs> the motorcycle people are definitely listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, before we go, check this out. I want to. I want to know your opinion and. These young ladies are not going to get to hear your opinion until after their episode airs. Mm -hmm. I have Brandy Richards and Caitlin Jacobs coming on. Okay. Interviewing with those two. Brandy's going to be on first. Um, I've got a smidgen of information about her. Um, I've spoke to her briefly, Mm -hmm. some pictures, And she looks like the real deal.
3: Oh, she, she's bad. We've ridden a couple of times together because she lives here in Havasu. And I mean, if there's anybody I want to go riding with that, if I go do some gnarly trails or whatever, and I need someone that are able to do it, I call her up in town. She's, I mean, she's a gnarly chick on a bike. She's crazy. Really? Yeah. She's really good.
0: Was well, she podiumed the men's pro-am.
1: hmm Oh, yeah. She puts it to the boys for sure.
0: Do you think she's got a shot to win?
1: I think she could. I really do.
3: That's
0: awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know a little bit less about Caitlin, but she seems to be the pretty badass, too.
3: Oh, yeah. Caitlin's cool. And she has improved over the last couple of years. She's improved big time. And I believe she just got on that... RPM KTM. Yes. I'm talking to her dad at the track. And I mean, they're stoked about that. And she's looking really strong on the bike. And every, every time I see her race, she's getting further and further up into the class. And as she races a lot of the two hour races. I always see her out there. And I mean, she's on the bike, she's going, it it takes a lot to step it up and go get into that two hour class.
0: Well, I have those two young ladies coming on from the bikes. Mm -hmm. Um, not because they're on bikes, but because they seem to be excelling where they're not supposed to be excelling. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't know how Caitlin's doing in the boys' class, but um I, I I my fault for not doing my homework, but uh when I saw the post from on Brandy, I reached out to Randy immediately and said, Hey, I gotta freaking talk to this gal. Yeah. And he thought I was kidding. Well, she she rides a two-wheeler and I go, I know. But she podiumed in the pro-am class, mm-hmm. you know, that's beating some pros also. Yeah. You know, so she's gotta be doing something right.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, she's doing good. I mean, I, I work out by the sand track sometimes and I could hear her during the week. She's always out there putting motos in. And then every time I ride my mountain bike, she's out in the desert on her mountain bike. So she's always just working, working, working. And how old do you know how old she is? I don't know. I think she, I want to say she's 20,
0: 21, 22. Mm. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to be getting into it. Is there any advice you would give me for talking with her?
1: Um. Let's see. Dead ask, her, ask her about
3: our trail ride. Okay. About, help, about helping push other kids up the hills. It was it was a good time. Okay. We'd sit on top of the hills and, and laugh and watch them try to get up these hills, and we'd have to push their bikes up, and it was fun.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So you guys have a good time when you're riding together. Oh yeah. Excellent. So does yeah. she help your training? Uh, we don't really train too
3: much together because she rides while I'm at work during the week. But if we get a chance to ride on the weekends, then she'll come. She's trained with me maybe a couple of times, but she's got her own deal going on and she just, whatever she's got going on obviously has been working. So she just, I think she's just sticking to that, but we'll go on some good little trail rides out from the house and and go ride some gnarly stuff.
0: I bet you it's, I bet you it's a lot of fun to ride there.
3: Mm-hmm. A lot of rock.
0: You find new stuff all the time. Don't you?
3: Yeah. Yeah. We're probably 90% not on trails, just cutting in our own stuff and let's try to make it up that hill.
1: Nice. Mm -hmm. That's awesome.
0: Uh, one last thing before we get off, um, any other motorcycle guys that want to come and talk to me, I'd be more than glad to. Okay. Cause I'd like, I like to get the different perspective of what they see and, and how they think of things in, um, you know, it, it's not every day that a motorcycle guy will sit down with a quad guy and, and tell him what he thinks. So yeah, any of your buddies that, and uh, the motor in the pro class want to talk to me, you know, just took me right up and, and, okay. and them on the show and, and get their perspective on racing works and motorcycles and, and what they think of what they think of the couch.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And then you've got to go out mind. and wax them.
1: Yep.
2: Awesome.
0: Yeah. Travis, thank you again for coming on ATV Talk. Please thank Hannah for letting me eat up her evening with you. I know that as busy as you are, she probably doesn't get you as often and me taking the time doesn't, uh, doesn't help things.
3: Yeah. It's it, she'll, she'll be fine.
0: <laughs> so we've had a good talk here. Um, thank you for recapping your, your season with me. Um, make sure you, Tell me how things are going in the future if you have any updates for us. Please, you got my you have my cell phone or you have my email. Don't hesitate to reach out. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVtalkpodcast.com. Brought to
2: you by Take Two Custom Teams, screen printing experience
3: that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time.